On this episode of the B-Side, we'll be talking about worship. Welcome to the B-Side, a Blessed Hope podcast where we turn over the sermon notes and answer those lingering questions. Hey everybody, welcome to the B-Side. I am Vince and I'm joined by Pastor Matt and today we have a special guest, Malia Lee. But first, we have a sponsor, our first sponsor ever in the history of B-Side. So, here is our sponsor. The B-Side podcast is sponsored by Blessed Hope Small Groups. Let's face it, your spiritual walk isn't where you, you or your mom or Jesus want it. Sure, you show up on Sundays and you read your Bible, but the truth is, a sinner like you needs more. More Jesus, more friends, and more accountability. This is where Blessed Hope Small Groups come in. You'll get an instant community, and at the end, you'll be walking closer to Jesus. It's easy. Just go to blessedhope-venton.org backslash adults. There are 14 groups with a variety of topics, so what are you waiting for? If you love Jesus and you want to get closer to him, sign up for Blessed Hope Small Groups. Again, that's blessedhope-venton.org backslash adults. How do you guys feel about that first sponsor? Wow, that was kind of a shameless plug that you threw out there for small groups. I like it. I, I, it's on the outline as shameless. <laughs> shameless plug yeah. for small groups. Good. Hey, so in case you didn't pick up on that, you should uh, be signing up for small groups. You want to talk briefly about the value of small groups, Malia? Uh, because God tells us. <laughs> Um, no, we recognize that um, it is a very important part of our spiritual life to be in community with one another, not just on Sunday mornings with the casual, hello, how are you, but actually, you know, really intentionally doing life together, um, knowing about each other's, um, you know, lives, sharing each other's burdens, praying together, um, it's just so important, especially as we, you know, continue to grow as a church family. You know, one of the things, uh, Malia, that, that came up on Sunday as the elders were at their retreat and having some conversation um, about values and, and, and things that are core to us, uh, we ended up having a little bit of discussion uh, about the word fellowship as opposed to the word relationship. And, and I think one of the things that, that we came to is that there is a significant difference between Sunday morning fellowship and real relationship that can happen uh, in a group of devoted, involved Christians in, in, in the lives of, of one another. And so it is a big difference. That and I was recently listening to something, um, to a sermon, I believe, uh, where the pastor was just really talking about what the word disciple means and that it actually means learner. And so we should be doing, you know, everything that we can be doing to, um, to learn, to, to be more holy, to continue in that sanctification process. And, and part of that is, you know, being with other Christians. Yeah, you know, I think we nail it a lot of Sunday mornings. We have some off Sundays, but I think we do a really good job of sharing true things and encouraging people to grow and leading people in worship, but that's just one day a week. That's 52 days out of 365. It's not enough mm-hmm. for people that take this seriously. Right. So getting small groups, discipleship, relationships, just do it. Sure. 
So we're going to be talking about worship, and I think uh, this is something that most Christians, I don't want to say all because some people are like, ugh, worship. I don't know those, I don't know those people, but I, I imagine they exist. But uh, worship is, is one of those things where most Christians have a lot of skin in the game. So I ask you guys, go to Malia first, why does worship matter? Um, you know, really, because God calls us to worship, and he's wired us to worship, and so um, it's definitely something that needs to be a part of our lives, both corporately, you know, as a, as a church body, and then in our own lives, because, you know, worship can mean so many different things. It's not just musical. It's, you know, with every part of our lives, and I, I think that... Um, you know, we're all worshiping something. It's just not always the, the right thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's, that's the key point, right, is when you say it's part of who we are, it's part of how we're wired, I think what everybody needs to understand, and some people don't, um, but everybody that is even cursory related to the Christian faith um, or any kind of spiritual walk for that matter, I think everybody understands or should understand that we are all worshipers. We all worship something. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's, that's always been the case. And so we are created to worship the God who created everything. Right. But we tend to uh, worship a lot of other things. We worship ourselves. Mm-hmm. We worship our TVs. We worship mm-hmm. our sports. We worship um, our bank accounts. We worship our jobs. I know parents that worship their kids. Yeah. Um, and, and it just it creates this, this um, maybe misunderstanding where we think, well, I don't, I don't really worship. Mm-hmm. Um, but we don't understand that worship is giving our time, attention, and devotion yeah. to something above mm-hmm. everything else. And that's, that's worship. Sunday morning, Saturday morning, during uh, college football, you're going to turn on ESPN. <laughs> you're going to see game day. And you're going to get those three guys. What do you got? Herb Street and Lee Corso and... and um... I can't remember the, the other guy. They they sit there. Yeah, I got nothing. You can believe it's like I don't I don't I don't right. watch. Football. You're about to make me cry because I cut. I don't have cable anymore. Oh well, you know what? That's good because you don't want to worship the wrong thing. Right. But you turn that channel on, Vince's and calling. you see they're sitting outside and they're talking about college football, and you you see people who are um, are all in worshiping their college football team. They've painted their faces. Yep. They've painted their bodies. <laughs> they're wearing costumes. They're there seven eight hours before the game starts uh, to really just start to celebrate and worship. A football team, and it's not mm-hmm. wrong to be a fan of a football team, but I mean, people should stop be confused when they say, "Well, I don't really worship anything." Yeah, I mean, we mm-hmm. all do. Mm-hmm. So, what is worship and what isn't worship? And I'm, I'm just specifically thinking about uh, worship service uh, versus worship singing. I, I, I know so many times I've had conversations with people, and they, all right, let's stand up and worship, and then. Sit down, and then later in the service, let's stand up and worship. And that standing up part is always singing. Um, And I think sometimes that confuses people about Mm -hmm. really what is worship. Sure. So Matt, what what is worship, and and what isn't it? Yeah. Well, I think I I think to be fair, um, it's easier to describe what is worship. Yeah. Right. So worship is the act of ascribing glory to someone or something. Uh, it's, it's the process of adoring someone. 
mm-hmm. uh, of, of giving them worth. And really, if we think about it in that case, because we are created by God, if we're doing it right as Christians, everything we do should be worship. Mm. Worship should be our lifestyle because in everything we do, our attitude should always be glory and honor to the God who creates all things and who loves me. And in that case, I mean, driving to church Mm. when done with the right attitude (laughs) is worship before you've even entered into a, a, a quote unquote worship center. So Matt, what I'm hearing you say is that when I, if I don't have kids, but if I was driving with kids and I'm yelling at them to put away their iPad, that is worship? Well, no, 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 no. I said with the right attitude. <laughs> so, so let's clarify, right? But, but I think, you know what? I think that would help a lot of us on our drives to church. I mean, I remember before I was a pastor and I would go to church with my family. That was awful right? It was bad. Like uh, one of the best things for my marriage was when I started coming to church several hours early on a Sunday. So I wasn't waiting for everybody else to be ready. Um, But it helps our attitude when we understand that everything we do is worship. And so I want to do it with a joyful attitude. And I want to do it with a heart that, that understands that it's um, it's all for God, no matter what it is. And so when I get up in the morning and when I get dressed and, and when I prepare and, and we load in the car and we grab our stuff and we drive to church and we're excited about worship, that's what it is. Yeah, so Malia, you've kind of made that transition from coming with your family to now that you're on staff, showing up 30, 40 minutes early. How, how has that changed worship for you? Uh, a million times positively better. <laughs> Um, yeah, you know, it's nice to kind of, to get here early and, um, really just focus in on why we're here and what we're doing. Um, and just remembering that, you know, God isn't just present here with us, but I think he's active in what we're doing. And it's kind of the active, like, you know, we're all singing and worshiping God together and praying together and reading God's word together. And, um, you know, he's active through all that. And, and, you know, through that, he's shaping us and molding us. And yeah, I think worship is one of those weird things where it is so personal and yet it is so, um, community at the same time where you're in the midst of this community and you're having a personal, uh, experience. I think some, for some people that makes it really easy for them to, to not have that personal is because, oh, we're, we're all doing this together. I grew up um, doing these actions, and then the personal kind of goes yeah. away. Um, I read an article, oh, probably a few months back that uh, really challenged me um, because I, you know, I grew up very traditional where, you know, you're just saying hymns out of the hymn books, and it really didn't necessarily move me. Um, and maybe that was more of a posture of where I was coming from at that point in my life too. But uh, then as, as I entered high school, we started going to a bigger church um, where, you know, they had the full band and um, I got to see, you know, adults worshiping, like hands in the air, mm-hmm. dancing, like just really getting down for Jesus. And, you know, that kind of like was a huge, like... There's a new hashtag that just <laughs> happened right there. Uh, yeah. Put it on a t-shirt. Getting down, getting for, down Jesus. for Jesus. Uh, but, you know, that was eye-opening to me that, mm-hmm. you know, the difference in worship. And, and I, I think probably I fall somewhere maybe in between. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that 
I've kind of been in this camp for the longest time where, oh, the lights have to be low and, you know, it has to look a certain way and everybody's got to have their hands in the air, you know, and, and it doesn't have to be that way. And so this article challenged me just basically stating that, um, you know, it, it looks different for everybody mm-hmm. and that there's something about seeing each other worship and not just being alone in our own head sometimes is good to, mm. you know, it's just part of that whole family experience. Um, and then uh, it's actually Jen Wilkin that I was reading, uh, but her definition um, of authentic worship, which I think authentic is the key, um, is the freedom to worship as the Lord leads mm. and to be free from expectations of what others <coughs> you know, want from you. Like maybe your worship leader saying, hey, everybody get your hands in the air, but that's not you. Mm. That's okay, you know? Um, so I, I really think it goes back to that, that place of posture and, and where you're coming yeah, from. and I think that, that is so incredibly important and I think for some people they don't know if that is them because they've never been there they've never uh, tried it I remember just became a Christian on a college campus and college campus worship is a lot different than normal local church worship and I'd stand next to friends my friends were like front row people they were weird that way it just oh it's so new new baby Christian in front of everybody, knowing that there are eyes on me, and they were raising their hand, and I'm like, what in the world? <laughs> so I just, you know, gave it, went for a whirl, and I, I was like, man, I, I do feel more connected. So when you raised your hands, you know, we'll go the, the Tim Hawkins route, did, did, you, yeah. did you show me your fish? Did you carry the TV, or was it a touchdown? I, I kept it just one kind of, you know, locked the elbow. So you had the, the latte. Next, I, yeah, I had the latte <laughs> to start with. Sometimes I would, you know, carry in the pizza in. Um, so it took me a while to get, you know, all the way up and all the way out. So to get to touchdown. Yeah. Or the YMCA. Yeah. Um, so, so I think for those of you that, that don't know what we're talking about, you can Google Tim Hawkins worship styles and, and you'll Good have stuff. a lot of fun with that video. But, yeah. um, but, but, you know, I think one of the things that we're talking about here is the difference between private worship and corporate worship. Yeah. And so when... Corporate's the word I was looking for. I couldn't find it. Yeah, yeah. When we worship, when we come together on Sunday mornings or uh, even when we come together at a small group, uh, we're, we're engaging in something about corporate worship. And the great thing about corporate worship is we understand in that moment, it is no longer about us. Mm. See, worship in general, we get this idea that worship is not about us. It's about God. Mm-hmm. But we're a part of it because we're a, we are the ones actively engaging in giving God his due. Mm-hmm. But when we come to corporate worship, even more so, we understand it's not about us. It's about us as a body yeah. doing it together. And there's something so profoundly awesome about moving from individual or family worship as you're at home, as you pray, as you study, as you eat, as you enjoy family nights. Those are all acts of worship when they're done in the right attitude. But when you come into the church, you are coming into this where we are now corporately worshiping. Everybody together is worshiping God. It adds this intensity to what's happening. Mm -hmm. Just like when you go to a concert, you know, a concert's nice when there's five people there. But a concert's a whole lot better when the auditorium is full. Right. And sometimes when you come to corporate worship and you sing together and you raise hands together, you bow down together, you do whatever you do, but you do it together, 
It's, mm-hmm. It just adds this level of intensity, um, and, and it just really can kind of motivate and push and move people. Yeah, and, and God knows what he's doing. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, he created us and wired us this way for a reason, and he knows, like, music is powerful. And, um, you know, Matt Chandler says, you know, it's not that God's lacking something, that he had a tough week and he needs to hear from us so he can, like, you know, get re-energized <laughs> or something. You know, he's, he knows that uh, he's going to stir something in us through, through the act of worship. Yeah, and that's—you know what? I mean— we talk about worship wars, like we haven't necessarily used those, those words at Blessed Hope, but that's a pretty common thing about worship wars. And mm-hmm. should it be old and traditional? Should it be new and fresh? Should it be a mixture of the two and whatever? And, and what I would say is, I, I don't care. Uh, mm-hmm. But what I want it to be is I want it to be something that moves people from where they are into this greater communion with the God of the universe. Absolutely. And, and, and you're right. It's not because God needs it. It's right. because music moves us. That's, that's why nobody rides in the car in silence anymore, right? <laughs> right. I mean, you go, you, you've got in my car, I've got all of the radio stations. I've got a CD player. I've got my iPod plugged in that I can listen to. Oh, and I've got XM radio so I can have hundreds of radio stations to listen to whatever kind of music mm-hmm. I want. By the way, I'm really right now lately digging 70s and 80s acoustic um, you know, covers. Nice. I love covers. How specific is that, right? That there's a channel on Spotify for 70s and 80s acoustic covers. Wow. Right. But it's awesome. So um, this kind of, we talked about, you know, worship styles and worship wars, hymns versus contemporary, organ versus guitar. And one thing that I thought was so um, profound in our elder retreat was, I can't remember which elder it said, said it, but we were talking about one service and two service, and one of them just said, this is one service for the people that are like, oh, I don't want to go to two. This is where a lot of people got their faith. It's, they learned church. They learned Jesus. They had significant um, experiences with this church of just one service, and so for them, going to two services is like, it they feel like they're going to lose something. And I think it's the same thing with worship with styles. Worship style. You know, I'm going to use my dad, I think, as a perfect example for that. My dad uh, came to faith and then started to grow in faith in a system at Bethany Baptist Church, the church I used to, to be a part of. I served as an elder there. Uh, and the system was Sunday morning growth groups. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the system was, hey, on Sunday mornings, uh, we would come together for an hour and a half before church and we would meet in small groups, but, but we would do it at the church building before the Sunday sermon. Then you would transition from that to the Sunday sermon, and that would be your time in community. Mm-hmm. And it was a great system, and it worked for a while, uh, and it's where he grew up. He went from being, I understand the gospel, and I want to respond to it, to I am now growing in it. I can, I can talk about it. I can teach it. I can write about it. I can share it with people. Mm-hmm. Well, then came the time for, for Bethany to move from before church, in the church community groups to outside the church community groups. We're going into homes. We're meeting throughout the week. We're doing it differently. Not better or worse, just different. Mm -hmm. And he really struggled to let go. And at the core of it wasn't, it's not good. At the core of it was, that's what worked for me. And so it was the idea that it's what worked for me. So it's probably the thing that's going to work for everybody else. Right. Right. And I think we have to let go of that sometimes when it comes to worship, because 
It's not about us. Mm-hmm. Um, and just because something, it's what we were introduced to. Other things can really challenge us and push us to grow in worship as well. Yeah, it's one of those things. So, I mean, you guys probably experienced this when you got married or, or got engaged with um, your spouses, but I... It's usually how it works. Yeah. As, as, I, <laughs> as I'm dating, and I, one thing that is always just fascinating to me are, are family traditions when it comes around food. You know, do you, do you mix the sauce in for spaghetti or do you have it separate? And just kind of those little things that when you start to create a family, it's like, oh, but, you know, sauce separate is, is better. And, and it's kind of like that when we come corporately as, as worshipers. We all have these little things that were so Ooh, valuable good to analogy. us. And, you know, we have to come together now and say this is, this is our culture as a family regardless of what our origin was. Well, and I think that's something that we deal with probably a little bit more here since we are non-denominational and we all come from such a a vast array of, you know, different church backgrounds. Yeah, I think that's such a critical thing for us to understand, too. You've got uh, folks coming from a Catholic church, coming from Methodist church, coming from a Lutheran church, and uh, some from from more traditional Baptist church, some from Lutheran Baptist church. It doesn't matter. They come here and they want to worship. They want to they grow in the gospel, and that's what we want. Mm-hmm. But everybody has a different flavor and background. I remember a couple of years ago, we did a sermon series on the Ten Commandments. It was ten weeks. Each week was a different commandment. One of my favorite yeah, sermon series to preach. Um, but as part of that, I remember we... Um, as part of the worship during those first four commandments that were all about God and God alone and worshiping no other God, we, we spent some time as a congregation saying the Apostles' Creed, mm-hmm. which was an act of worship for us to together recite the Apostles' Creed. I remember some people loved it. Yeah. Some sure. people hated it. <laughs> and I heard from both of them, of uh, both sides. <laughs> I got emails. Um, and, 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 the but people the, that loved it were probably like, we should do this all the time. Right. That's, they're, yeah. they're like, why are we stopping? And the people that, that yeah. hated it were like, well, I suppose if we're only doing it four weeks, I can handle it. Uh, but, can I you know, time travel to <laughs> week five when right. it's over? The reality is, though, that, that I think we always understand that people are coming from different backgrounds. And, and one of the things that we appreciate is when people that call Blessed Hope home trust the leadership that what we're doing when they, when they just let go of preferences yes. is leading them in corporate worship. Yeah. Uh, and I, I really, I so appreciate the trust that people show to us as the praise team or leadership team or whatever it is mm-hmm. to say, okay, you know what? That's not how I would do it if I was alone in my house. That's not right. the radio channel mm-hmm. I would turn on. That's not the book I would read. That's not how I would say that. That's not the version of the Bible I would use. Mm-hmm. But what they say is by their being here, by their participating actively, they say, you know what? We trust you leadership to lead us in corporate worship. Yeah. And there is, that is so valuable for us to know that people trust us with that. Yeah. I remember, um, when I first started here and went down to children's church and started to introduce worship that I, I have experienced as engaging for kids, which is actions and dancing and just, our kids looked at me like I was crazy. Yeah. Right. They're like, what are you? Tyler doing? still looks at you like you're They're crazy. like, <laughs> I have, I don't know. I've been upstairs for my entire <laughs> life. We don't do this upstairs. And so it's just kind of one of those things where but you, you, you know what? get That's out of your thing. shell a little Maybe bit. Maybe we should do some more of that upstairs. And so you know what? I actually look forward to the day, and I'm not joking here, and if you're listening and this isn't you, don't be scared. Just keep trusting us. But I look forward to the day when some of those kids 
um, are a little bit older and can start to take active roles in helping lead our church in worship. Yeah. And you know what? The music might pick up the pace. There might be some things that where there are some motions and some dancing and some movement, because why wouldn't that be a good thing if mm-hmm. that's in a corporate way, a way that we can inspire worth to God? And not everybody has to do it. Right. Not everybody has to love it, but that's the nature of corporate worship. Well, and I think that's kind of part of our faith, too, where that comes in. Um, You know, not everything is going to be exactly how we want it, but, you know, when you think about it, like, God has put, you know, Pastor Matt and Mm -hmm. Vince and the elders that we have in our lives, you know, he's strategically placed them here to shepherd us and to lead us, and and we need to trust that and Mm -hmm. have faith and go where they're leading us. Yeah, I remember um, it was before a Wednesday night youth group, and I had moved all the chairs out like I normally do, and was just kind of checking to make sure my, my, the worship videos that we, we worship with uh, were working, and all of a sudden, it was probably like 540, something like that, so there are no kids here yet, and spirit just hit me, and I'm like, all right, I'm worshiping now, and went all out and was worshiping, and I remember Abby Davis walked in the back, and she probably watched me for like two minutes, and the song got done, and I was probably on my knees, and I, I got up, and I was, she's like, hey, and I was like, <laughs> all right, hey, but like, I, you know, I, that's awesome, getting on my knees and being like that is not how I, I typically lead our middle schoolers, because it's a corporate environment, and you know, it's, I, I'm leading that worship, and so I got to how cool for her to see that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know what, though? There's something about that that, and, and, and I know you've got it on your list for us to talk about maybe, but, but when we get to postures of prayer and the different ways that people mm-hmm. pray or worship, um, you know, we have our standbys. But when you come together corporately, it doesn't mean you have to leave your personality at the door. Oh, yeah. Right? So there are some people I know. I love, you know, we're at Revolution Church um, every now and then. Carrie and I get to be there for, for worship um, when you're preaching or something's happening and, and we get mm-hmm. to, to, to visit some other churches. And they've got some folks there, man, they are dancing and they are moving. And, and while that maybe is not necessarily how I am, there's nothing about that that's like, oh, that's too much. No, because that is a person authentically worshiping the way that God has led them in a corporate setting. I'm doing it my way here at church. I think sometimes I, you know, I, I'm a little sway. That's, that's the way I, mm. that's the way I little, dance. Like middle school dances. Right, like yeah. back and forth with my arms in the air. Sometimes if I know the song, my eyes are closed. And, and it's just one of those things. That's the way I do it. Other people might say, oh, that's, that's a bit too much for me. I'm just going to put my hand in my pocket and get one hand just right up here by my mm-hmm. head and call it good. I, it doesn't matter as long as God is the one that's moving you. So I, we've got a list of some biblical um, postures of worship as if, I, I mean, yes, it matters, but I mean, we, there people are so varied that I, I don't know if, if God was like, you know what? If God was going to put all the, the possible postures of worship in the Bible, I mean, I think it would probably be another book. Sure. Because I, I know that when I'm, when I'm in it and I'm, I'm really feeling it, I'm a, I'm a puncher. Like, I, I like, punch the air. Like I, you like, got, like, a Billy Blanks Tybo thing going on? Like, I, I like... <laughs> you remember Tybo. Yes. I may own a DVD. Yeah. Nice. So, like, when I'm, where I, when I'm at home at, in camp worship, I, you know neck veins are popping and I am, <laughs> I am punching Satan who's right in front of me with the words that I'm saying. I mean, I don't get there here, but when I'm, when I'm in a different environment, yeah. So some different postures of worship. Um, 
you know, bowing your head. And we find that in Genesis 24, 26, uh, lifting up your hands. If we have some people that are pocket dwellers and they look at hand raisers and they're like, oh, that's, I don't know about that. It's in the Bible. It's okay. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Bowing your knee, which we don't see that a lot in our, I I mean, we have chairs, so it's kind of hard. No, but you know what? I wish we did. Mm -hmm. I wish, I, I wish that people felt comfortable enough because here's the thing that I'm imagining. I don't want people to fake it. Right. right. I don't, that's not authentic. But I, I would imagine that there are people in our congregation that sometimes feel mood, moved to bow, to get on their knees yeah. in worship. And I, I, I wish, and this is something I think that we're trying to grow in, mm-hmm. um, and, and we just need to feel freer to do it in yeah. worship. It can be when I'm preaching. It can be when someone's praying. It can be when the music is happening. But if, if the Spirit moves you to be on your knees, then be on your knees. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Don't trade authentic worship for what the it comfort looks like. of yeah. conformity. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, clapping your hands. I know that's one that you can't, do and sing at the same yeah, time. Yeah, I can't get on board with that either. I, here's the thing. I'm not mad at it. Yeah, I just everyone don't else like can it. do it. But here's the not, thing. I don't like it because... You're not good at it. Well, what it does, <laughs> and this is, this is, I think, the authentic yeah. part. Okay, and I think this is... I mean, we joke about it. We laugh about it. I'm, I'm oh, corporate clapping. I'm not in. I don't care when we do it, though. I just don't want to be a part of it because <laughs> when I do it, all of a sudden, my focus is no longer on God. Mm. My focus is on, oh, mm, man, you are point. so... Rhythmless. <laughs> now, do it. Do it now, right? And so all of a sudden, I'm worried about: Am I on beat? Then am I worshiping God? But you know what? Some yeah. people are musical and they have rhythm, and they are just doing it, and they're glorifying God and they're worshiping God. And I want them to do it. Mm-hmm. Be authentic. That is, it, it yep. is so critical that when we worship, we worship in spirit and truth and authenticity and whatever that looks like. As long as it's not to the point of being disruptive to everybody else. Right then I think that is what we would yeah. encourage. So we talked about dancing. I mean, King David dances almost book naked. through. See, the- and I would say, you know what? That's fine for King David. Please keep your clothes on here at Blessed Hope Church. There's a t-shirt. Keep your clothes on at Blessed Hope Church. And, and because that would be disruptive. Right. But dancing where you are and, and, and moving your body and worship that way, that's not disruptive. That's freeing for you. Um, maybe running up and down the aisles and hooping and a hollering while everybody, that might be to the point where it's authentic for you and it's not wrong, but is it helping the corporate atmosphere Ooh, of worship? So I think we have to keep that balance of, right. hey, there is time for individual worship and there is time for corporate worship. And honestly, that's, that's in a lot of ways. That's where that's where we come on, on speaking in tongues, for example. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I, I have no doubt believing that people speak in tongues. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think when I read the scriptures, there's a right way to do it that's not disruptive, and there's, there's a way that is disruptive. And, and so we're all for it mm-hmm. in the appropriate context and when, it, when, it, when it's edifying, not when it becomes disruptive. And I think we just it, worship in every part of service has to be that way. Mm-hmm. So, and that kind of just talks about, about an order of service, which we have one every Sunday, versus us more spontaneous loose. But even the cases in those situations, those churches still have an order of service, even if they don't write it down. I think every church has an order of service. You know, people have asked me before, can you really be worshiping freely and authentically if you know when a song is supposed to start? Yeah, 
yeah, I think we can. Um, And and I I have no trouble doing that. And if the Spirit moves us to say, you know what, we're going to sing that song again or we're going to sing a different song, then we'll follow the Spirit. But I don't think a lack of planning equals um, authentic. Uh, Sometimes I think it just equals sloppy. Yeah, so uh, this has been a really great discussion, and it's fun to have Malia part of this because we have we talk all the time when we're here anyway. Um, but Malia, do you got anything you want to give you the last word as we get ready to leave out? Uh, I don't think so. I think uh, just remembering that um, it's not about us. It's about, you know, if we're really on mission, we're going to do what's best for the people we're trying to reach and draw in. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of at the core. I mean, that is the core of what we're doing. So. Mm-hmm.